Guess what? Consider this your calling. Pastor is calling you. And I thought, well, this is really neat because I don't work out when, what broadcast goes on at what time and what day um, for the simple fact that I could not do the math, take a 55-minute sermon and break it down to 12 minutes each week. How would I get this sermon on on that Sunday? Forget it. Uh, But the Lord knew, and it was an encouragement to me because I knew this was what we were going to be talking about today. And so it really went hand in hand. But what's going to happen? Well, uh, Lord willing, we are all going to put forth a team effort. Now today's going to be a little different. This morning, Sunday morning service time is going to be very different because this is more of a... Uh, an encouragement, more of a, uh, 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 I don't want to call it a motivational speech, but you, any of you have played sports before, before you take the court, before you take the field, a lot of times what will happen is you'll huddle up with the team. The team will get together, and the coach is going to give you that pep speech, right? Before you go out and get them. Let's go get them. And uh, a lot of times that does serve as a motivator. It gets you kind of pumped up. Well, I hope this morning to get us all pumped up in the Lord, not in our own strength, because that will end up always in defeat. But if we go forth in the power of the Lord, motivated in His strength, then it's victory every time. So I want us to think about that as we look at today's instruction on this new outreach that Community Baptist Church has the privilege of taking part in. Let's look to the Lord in prayer and ask for His presence. Father, thank You for the time. Uh, Thank You for this privilege this morning to encourage Your people. And Lord, I ask that Your presence be with us to motivate us, uh, to spur us on to good works. Lord, that's why we gather together. We, We come to worship You. We come to be equipped that we might go and do the work of the ministry. And Father, I I pray this morning that all of our hearts and our minds will be focused to hear from you, to be reminded of the biblical responsibility that we have as followers of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us, motivate us, encourage us today to be much about your business. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.30, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. I don't know about you, but that's kind of exciting, isn't it? I want to be a wise person. I don't want to be a wise guy. I've been called that before, and I am that at times. But I want, to be, I want to be wise. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool to th- that, that here God gives us the game plan on being a wise person. Win souls. Answer this question. When's the last time you led someone to Christ? Have you ever led someone to Christ? Now look, I understand God has different tools for different jobs. But don't use that as an excuse. There is nothing like 
taking someone spiritually by the hand and showing them how to be saved. To share with them eternal life. To see them pass from darkness into light. To see a life truly transformed by the power of God. I'm not talking about a decision. I'm not talking about repeating a prayer. I'm talking about genuine conversion. Born again. The rebirth. To be able to actually have a part in that. that, 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 that God, here I am. I'm available. Use me. And for God to use you to be the conduit of His grace. To be the mailman to deliver the message. It's exciting. And, and I think we can... Uh, have a part in that because, you know what? God's Word tells you and me He wants us to have a part in that. And we have the opportunity before us. This Saturday, Lord willing, we will embark on a new mission. And it's to canvas our community. It's to go out, as Christ did, to seek and to save the lost. To go out and share the good news of Christ. And so this week, we want to gear up. And here's how we're going to gear up. Lord willing, uh, Wednesday night, if you can be here, uh, we want you here Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock. We're going to kind of do some pre-training. And then Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, every one of you that can be here Saturday morning, we want you here. And we are going to go out into the community. We're going to knock on doors. We've got brand new brochures made up that talk about our church ministries. We've got gospel tracts ordered that will be in those brochures. And all we need are some people who are willing to go and take the good news of Christ. And we'll leave the results to the Lord. We just want to be faithful. He's told us to go. Now, for some of you, your calling is not going to be the door knocker. But there are other parts that you can have a a part of. There's, There's a place for everyone in this church. And so this morning, I want to look at all the different aspects of this outreach, and I want you to ask the Lord, God, where do I fit? Where do I fit in? Where do you want me to serve you in this outreach? And then I want you to be obedient to whatever He tells you to do. Because here's the thing. If you are a born-again believer, if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's not a question of whether or not He wants you to be involved. You're already involved. (laughs) You're already enlisted in the military, in the Lord's army. Amen, right? We're already there. Where Where do I fit? Where's my position? So, let's check this out. Wise. We want to be wise. He who wins souls is wise. So, we kind of come up with this acronym. It's winning individual souls every day. Because, by the way, I don't want just a Saturday outreach. I want a lifestyle evangelism. I want every day of our life to be about who has God put in my path today that I can share the good news with? Who has God put in my path today that I can somehow impact their life for the cause of Christ? Winning individual souls every day. That's why you're here. Newsflash. You're here to glorify God. And this is how He's told us We can be wise and glorify Him. So, Community Baptist Church Visitation Ministry. This is how it it goes, if it goes at all. Is this thing working? Hello? Okay, battery check. This one's not working so good. I may need a manual operator back there. 
Thank you. Souls cost souls. Let's check out this next point. Something to ponder. Laymen are the most strategic and also the most unused key to the evangelization of the world. Lay people outnumber the preachers, pastors, evangelists, and missionaries, and they are just as responsible. Could you take that to him, please? So think about this. And I know that's not real, you know, bright information for you. I mean, you can look around. There's a lot more of you than there are of me, right? But you're just as responsible. Maybe you didn't know that. You think, well, hey, wait a minute. The Bible does say, you know, being a teacher, you know, it's, it's, it's more judgment. Sure, but, but you know what? You have a responsibility. God didn't just call the pastor to spread the good news. Every one of us have that responsibility. My desire for this church is that we experience the fullness of God, that we genuinely know Him, grow in Him, become more conformed to the image of Christ. And so, thank you, sir. You're a scholar and a gentleman. And lay people are in the workplace all over the world. Guess what? I don't know your co-workers. You do. I'm not at your place of employment. You are. God did not call me to your sphere. He called you to your sphere. And so those people that are around you every day, and you know, you know who I'm talking about. You know who you rub shoulders with. You know who your neighbors are. They're not not my neighbors. So God has specifically, strategically placed you where you are. And He wants you to do it for His honor, for His namesake. So, very key. Christ's first and last words... Uh, Mark 1.17 says this, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Are you following Christ? Or are you really following Christ? That's a question to really think, think deep on. Don't let that just kind of bounce off of me. Let's go over. Am I following Christ? Take up your cross daily. Follow me. Am I genuinely following Christ? Christ said if you follow him, he, he, will make you fishers of men. I know he's, he's telling this to his disciples, but guess what? You're his disciple also. If you are a professing follower of Christ, I don't know how to do this in my own strength. I can't do this in my own strength. But the more I follow after Christ and I'm obedient to what he's told me in his word when I, when I do and respond to what he's asked me to respond to, do what he's told me to do, By default, you become fishers of men. His first words and his last. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. If these are Christ's first and His last words, don't you think they're pretty important? I mean, His first words and His last words here in these past... This is... This is the mission. We've got to reach people. And He's given us the power to do it. If you're not being a witness for Christ, you're in disobedience. Period. You can't be a follower of Christ and not be a witness of Christ. That's impossible. Well, I know. It takes commitment. It takes commitment. Now think about it. Romans 12, 1, 2, we're reminded by the Apostle Paul, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable act of worship, some of your translations may say. Is God asking you and me to do anything unreasonable when He says, present your bodies a living sacrifice? He's not asking you and me to do anything unreasonable. I mean, look at His example. He hung on a tree. He took that persecution, that beating, was nailed to a cross at Calvary, shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So what He's asking you and me to do in presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, that's a reasonable request. God's not asking you, but I, but I just, but I got school and I, and I got work and I can't talk at work because I, I'll get written up and I'll lose my job and, and I just want to win people to the Lord by just being a good person. I don't want to say anything about Jesus and judgment and hell and, you know, that's just kind of not feel good stuff. God's not asking you to do anything unreasonable. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. How are you transformed? Some of us are so worldly minded. And it's because we've never really been transformed by the renewing of our mind. You know how you renew your mind? It's through the washing of God's Word. If you don't really know God's Word, there's no wonder there's no desire in your heart to serve Him. You've got to delight yourself in the, in the Lord. The more you begin to fall in love with His Word, the more that you begin to really look into the truth of God's Word and begin to understand the Creator God's plan for your life and what He's instructed followers of Christ to do and be. Look, He's created you and me to be be a workman. We've been created unto good works. Good works don't save us. We don't work to salvation, but from salvation we should be working to honor God. And that comes by presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, being transformed by the renewing of our mind, so that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to know what God's will for my life is. I don't really know what God's will for my life is. Hello? Read. And if you can't read, listen to the Word of God on CD. All right? You'll you'll figure it out. This is the will of God. Present your bodies. A living sacrifice. God has called us on a mission. 
We have marching orders, soldiers. You wouldn't dare think of in the military to disobey your commander who just gave you marching orders. Unless you wanted to get shot. And believe me, you don't want God shooting you. <laughs> Trust me. All right. It takes commitment. I realize that. It also takes confidence. Not confidence in your ability, my ability. Well, I don't want to go telling someone. I can't hardly talk to nobody. I don't want to open my mouth. The enablement of God in our lives. Again, God empowers you. That Acts 1-8 passage, you'll see it in a second. And again, it speaks of, He's empowered you and me to do this. I don't go in my own strength. I go in the strength of the Lord. I can have confidence in that. The battle belongs to the Lord. If somebody shuts the door on Pastor Jeremy's face this Saturday, and that's highly likely, though I find it's often rare when I do door-to-door, very few, there are very few, I used to have a mentor, Mr. Peter Paul, and this, is, this outreach was patterned, uh, an approach he used to utilize in churches all around America. Mr. P used to always say, Jeremy, I've yet to knock on a door and there'll be a monster on the other side. What are you scared of? That's his point. There's nothing to be scared of. Take confidence in the Lord. God's enabled us. As I said, He's created us in Christ Jesus to... to to be a worker on His behalf. The message that God's given us, 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, speaks of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. I'm taking to this world the message. It's not my message. It's the message of God. That He died for our sins that he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, according to the Scriptures. And that if you will turn, repent of your sins, and put your faith and trust in what Christ did at Calvary, he has paid for the sin, the sin debt that we owe. And he offers, whosoever will let him come. He gives eternal life to anyone who's willing to repent and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's good news. And that's the message we carry. The supernatural God we serve. Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who believes. To the Jew, to the Gentile. Why Are you ashamed of the gospel? So why aren't we telling people? Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The power of prayer. We're reminded of Mark eleven twenty four, 24, where God says that if you ask anything in my name, pray believing. You know, I, I think there's some of us who's probably already written off this outreach. Oh, well, yeah, I used to do that years ago. That's an, old, that's, yeah, that's an old school tactic. That don't work anymore. Door knocking, yeah. yeah. People don't want you coming to their house knocking on their door. That, that, that's, yeah. That, that, people don't like that. I don't like that. When the doorbell rings, I'm in my, yeah, I hate that. So we shouldn't do that. That doesn't work. You know who hasn't gotten that memo? The Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons. 
They're still out there knocking on doors and popping willies. Said that one for you, Miss Patricia. I know you like that joke. <laughs> but you know what? They didn't get the memo. And guess who's growing leaps and bounds in their occult organization? The Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons. Don't let Satan deceive you into thinking that that's somehow outdated and doesn't work. They're gaining false converts with a lie. And yet we have the opportunity to go in the power of God and bring the truth of God's Word to transform lives. And yet, somehow or another, we buy into the lie that that's outdated. Well, the leading and working of the Holy Spirit. Again, we're reminded in these passages that it's the Lord who will bring to remembrance. You say, well, I don't know what to say. I'm going to get there and I'm going to freeze up. I, you know. Trust me, if that happens to you, just drop the track and brochure. You'll be fine. Okay? It's all good. They will pick it up and read it. In fact, that may be the best thing some of us could do. (laughs) Well, I just shot myself in the foot there. No, no. Seriously, though, God's Word is not going to return void. You will be amazed. I remember the first time when I started doing this. Man, my heart was pounding. I was scared to death. I didn't want to... I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm just gonna, they're going to eat me alive. And it was amazing how all of a sudden I'm in this conversation and I'm just, all you're doing, you're just talking to somebody. You're just talking to them. And God would bring maybe a, a scripture verse to mind. And I'd be like, wow, okay. Well, you know, and I would share this thought. And it was amazing how I hadn't thought about that verse in a long time. But I had tucked it away in the tool chest uh, and it clanged around in there and finally found its way out. Praise the Lord. So it's the leading and the working of the Holy Spirit. But if we're not following where He's leading and He's already led us because His words told us. But in those moments, the more that we do this, the more we're obedient to the Lord and what we're supposed to do, you'll sense that leading of the Holy Spirit. And it's great. It's it's exciting. If there's any adventurous in here, I'm telling you, do a little door knocking. You talk about adventure. You're going to get your blood pumping. I know for some of you saying, I'm doing really so. I'd rather bungee jump. Some of you may be bungee jumping after the dogs let loose and you're running across the neighborhood. No, I'm just kidding. I only had that happen once and it was with Allison. But uh, I was standing at the door and I heard her scream and I said, Excuse me, I think that's my wife's scream. I'll be back. (laughs) And it was a friendly dog, but it was a great Dane, and it looked more like a horse. I see, you know, feet up on the the shoulders of Allison. Ah! (laughs) You know, it's kind of like a Marmaduke moment, trying to lick her or something. But it was fine. It was fine. I'm I'm, I'm obviously, uh, these are, you know, hyperboles. This is exaggeration in that. You know, she didn't get tore up by a dog, all right? It was, it was very safe. So don't be scared to come out. Just bring your mace, right? <laughs> all right. 
The church's responsibility. We got a responsibility. The church's responsibility. Notice that underline. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It's the church's responsibility. And we can't lose sight of that. Church, we've got a responsibility. This is, this is God's word. So it's the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Mark 16, 15. Luke 22, 46 through 48. Acts 1, 8. Again, these are familiar passages. If you want to write these down and look these up, I'm not going to take time to turn to them right now. But, but this, is, this is God's command. Go. Go. He tells us to go. Not to stay. Go. We must have a balance of edification and evangelism. Yes, the church has a responsibility to come together corporately and edify one another, encourage one another. That's what we're doing here today. We're going to talk about tonight. By the way, please come back tonight. Um, We're going to be talking about our care groups for the summer. For those of you in the new members class, uh, we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, If you maybe are are visiting, you've been with us for a little while, and you're you're, you're not sure, well, it's still early, I don't know if I want to join or not, I would encourage you to at least be a part of the summer care groups on Sunday night or be involved in the new members class because at least in the new members class, you will see and begin to understand what Community Baptist Church is all about. We go through our constitution. We talk about some of the key teachings of the church. And, and uh, it's just a great opportunity to get to know other folks and, and a place to uh, have fellowship and ask questions. So I encourage you, if you want to be involved in that, tonight's the night to come back and we'll get you make sure that we get you plugged in somewhere for the summer. But yes, church is a place for edification, for encouragement, but there's got to be a balance. And I think what's happening in the church in America today is we've got an unhealthy balance. And I'll talk about some of the faulty approaches in just a moment, but quite frankly, we've sort of missed it because we end up being a social country club in a lot of churches. We become so inwardly focused, we forget about there are people literally dying and going to hell. While we sit in our ivory towers with the life-changing message of hope, you and I have the cure to their eternal disease. And we keep it bottled up in here. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're to take that cure to the world. We must have a balance of edification and evangelism. Most churches are long on edification and short on evangelism. It's a lifestyle calling. 1 Peter 2.9 speaks of our responsibility in regards to holiness, in holy living. Hebrews 12.14 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. Again, these are, these are passages, and I encourage you to write these down. Look these up. Because here's what we don't need. We don't need representatives of Community Baptist Church going out into the world and knocking on doors and saying, yeah, we'd love to invite you to our services. Hey, I know you. Weren't you at Frank's party the other night? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you were the guy over in the corner passed out from the beer bong. That's you! 
probably not going to be an effective witness, you think? In fact, why don't we turn to 1 Peter. Get your Bible, go ahead and turn to 1 Peter. And by the way, you know, just, just because the pastor's not up here flipping through these pages, I hope you're noticing there's a lot of Scripture going up on this screen up here. Feel free to write these down. And again, you have a responsibility to search the Scriptures. I've already done the homework. Why do you think it's up on the PowerPoint? But anyway, take a look. 1 Peter 1, verse 14, says this. I didn't get those glasses on vacation like I was supposed to. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Church, you want to have an impact on this world? There's your answer. There's my answer. You say, I'm a Christian. If you are a Christian, then you are a follower of Christ. And that passage is pretty loud. Look, we all used to do some boneheaded things. We all have once walked in our former way of of lust. But God's called me, if I'm a born-again believer, if I'm a Christian, then I have turned from that way, and I've turned to God's way. You cannot profess to know Christ, say I'm a believer of Christ, and have it both ways. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I can't be pursuing the lust of the flesh while simultaneously walking in the power of the Spirit. When God calls us, He calls us out of darkness into light. And so now, instead of pursuing the former things, as I did ignorantly, I'm now becoming informed. Because of passages like this, God informs me to walk in a manner worthy of my calling. To be holy as He is holy. Because I'm a representative. I'm an ambassador of Christ, these passages reference. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. Are we getting the picture? We've got to be transformed by the renewing through the washing of the Word. And I begin to understand what God has called me to. I begin to understand this is God's will for my life. My heart's desire begins to be changed and I find myself more in line with what Christ has called me to. So, 
It's a lifestyle calling. Considering the above, concerning our basic responsibility for evangelization. Local church evangelism in this century is very misleading. You know what most churches consider evangelization today? This is their methodology. This is how they do it. Um, Three faulty approaches. Pulpit evangelism. Well, let's just bring all the unsaved into the church and preach preach to them and they'll get saved. Now, don't get me wrong. I hope that we do have some unsaved folks that visit, hear the gospel, and God works upon their heart and draws them to a place of surrender, repentance, and faith in Christ. I hope that happens. But that's not why the church was designed. The pulpit ministry is not for the lost man. Did you hear me? The pulpit ministry is not for the lost man. Church, by definition, is made up of believers. Did you hear that? The church, by definition, is made up of believers. It's an oxymoron to have the church... I'm speaking of the true church, those who have been born again. They can't be born again and unborn at the same time. It's an oxymoron. The church is for believers. So when we come together, our coming together, according to the New Testament, is for you and me to be equipped as believers to go and do the work of the ministry. It's to be encouraged to build up one another, to utilize our spiritual gifts, to spur one another on to good works. Good works apart from Christ is filthy rags. Everything that you do before Christ in the way of good works is hay, wood, and stubble. It's burned up in the day of judgment. But you see, as believers, we come together and we begin to grow. We start off as babes in Christ, and we begin to mature. We begin to grow up. We begin to become stronger, and we become more conformed to the image of Christ. And that strengthens a body of believers. And so maturing believers understand they've got a mission. Reproduce. So we get equipped. We're in the holy huddle. We got the play. We got the pep speech ready. Break. Now we go to the field. It's time to implement the game plan. And so out there in my workplace, out there with my neighbor, out there with my fellow student, out there with my co-workers, the stranger, I'm a witness for Christ. I'm an ambassador. I represent a holy nation of people. People who have been bought by the blood of Christ, forgiven of their sins. I've got good news. And we share that good news. And guess what happens? Frank, at work, has something happening in his life. And he knows you're a believer. So he wants to ask your advice, your opinion about his situation. So Frank, one day in the break room, says, Hey, can you pray for me? I I know you're a Christian, and I'm just having a real hard time right now. Well, Frank, what's going on? Well, and he begins to tell you. You're able to be a witness And maybe 
Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But sometimes Frank receives the message you've given him. And he hears about the hope. And he knows the difference because he's seen you. He sees how you live. He sees how you talk. He sees how you treat others. And Frank's oats have been salted. And now he wants to drink from the living water that you bring to offer him. Frank gets saved. Guess what? Frank, man, you need to come down to our Bible study. You need to come down to our church on Sunday. Frank comes in. He's a babe. This is all new to him. He's a little scared. He's a little intimidated. And so guess what we do? We nurture him. We love on him. We receive him. We feed him. And at first, we've got to hold the bottle. We've got to give him a little spoon. And eventually, Frank's holding his own spoon. And then before you know it, Frank's in the kitchen cooking up meals himself. That's the way we grow, spiritually. And so, one faulty approach in, in this world today is people think, you know what, hey, what do we do? we got to reach the unsaved. So let's transform our Sunday morning service. I know what we'll do. Sting got converted. He's a wrestler. He's a pro wrestler. Let's put a ring in the middle of church and we'll have a wrestling match on Sunday and we'll invite everybody and people will get saved. Y'all think I'm kidding? This happened at a church down the street in Salisbury. It's true. They do this. All over. You could probably search. There's probably some in our area that are doing this type thing. Now look, I'm okay for an occasional big outreach. But some people live and die by the entertainment system in the churches. Pulpit evangelism, uh, segregated from the world. That's another, that's another faulty approach. We become so isolated that uh, to the extent it has lost its relevancy. We get so in the huddle that we never break for the game. Can you imagine, guys? Kickoff Sunday. Here's your team. You got your jersey on. You got your flag waving. You're at your house. You got your wings. You got your IBC root beer because you're Christian. And, and you're sitting there watching the, watching the game. And you're all excited. And your team comes out to take the field. And they get in the huddle. And they stay in the huddle. Did my DVR freeze up? What's going on here? That would be crazy. They just stay in the huddle. Bunch of mamby pambies. That might sound like something the Steelers might do. I'm sorry. That's cheap shot. I'm sorry. My bad, my bad, my bad. But you know, that wouldn't be, they, they, you're not going to win a game like that. And yet, there's a lot of churches, that's exactly what they do. Hey, I just want to go hear some preaching. I just want, hey, I just want to get fed. I'm just going to go sit and preach. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Amen, 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 amen. That's it? That's what the Christian life's all about? I think that's a form of tickling ears. And we all like some good preaching every now and then. It gets us stirred up. But what good is that? If you got a bunch of amen corners, and that's preaching to the choir. Pulpit evangelism segregated from the world to the extent it's lost its relevancy. An entertainment center to bring the lost in so as to win them off and destroying the God-given purpose of meeting together. You see what happens when we turn this into just simply 
a show. It's lost every important aspect of how God designed it. It's not an organization. We're an organism. We're alive. And the branches that are part of this vine, Christ, are expected to grow and bud and mature because if not, they're dead and they get broken off and thrown in the fire. Check out John 14, 15, 16, 17 if you want some good teaching on that. We have a responsibility, church, to grow in Christ. Not to sit and be entertained, but to be doers of the Word. Doers of the Word, not hearers only. All right, so here's what's going to happen. Lord willing, I'm going to give you the quick overview and we'll let you go. Lord willing, Saturday, we will begin our outreach. Phase one is going to be canvassing the area. In the library, we've got a big map that's been blown up. Uh, Brother Glenn, Lord willing, uh, this week will we'll try and frame this up for us. And, and we're going to put this on the wall in the hallway. So every time you come in, you'll be able to see our Jerusalem. It's a map of LaGrange. Downtown LaGrange. It's bigger than you think. I think it's probably life-size. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so LaGrange is so small, uh, I had to go outside of town just to change my mind. Anyway, that's a, a bad joke. All right. So there's this map. And it'll be on the wall. And maybe you can't come on a Saturday. We're going to try and do like every Saturday. Nine o'clock, we'll have an outreach. So maybe you can't make it this Saturday. Maybe make it next Saturday. Maybe you only make one Saturday a month. Whatever. Come as you can. But the idea behind this too is we're going to have all your information, all your brochures, all of your little questionnaire cards, everything you'll need to do an outreach. And it'll be in a little shelf. And maybe you say, you know what? I got Tuesday evening free. Me and, my, me and my spouse, we're, we're going to just, you know what, we're going to go out and invite some folks to church. We'll go out and, and, and sow some seeds. So you and your wife come by the church on your own, and you go in, and you, you look at the map, and you see, oh, well, they've already done this section. This is where they stopped. So I'm going to pick up and go from this section over to this section. There's your little folder. It's marked. You'll have all this. You'll see all this out there. Wednesday night we'll be talking a little bit more about it, but be real simple. You'll see the zone, the section. You say, you know what, I'm going to just take my little folder. It'll show you where the last people went, where they stopped, so you can pick up from there. You can do this on your own. Shade in. When you get done, you get back. You leave your prospect sheets in the right little slot, this mark, and go on your merry way. You may want to do that on your own. You may want to come for the group. But the opportunity is there for all of us to sow some seeds. So the first phase is canvassing our Jerusalem. Phase one. The outreach crusade defined what it's not. It's not a high-pressure crash effort at soul winning. We're not going to their door. Will you please repeat this prayer? Okay, check this box. Good, you're saved. Welcome to the family. It's not, a, it's not what we're after, guys. It's not a crash course on soul winning. It's not church visitation in the homes. We hope to get some church visitation in the homes afterwards. But your initial knock at the door is simply to canvas. We're sowing seeds. We're dropping seeds. We're dropping seeds. We're dropping seeds. Okay? What it is. That was a phrase in the 70s, wasn't it? Hey, what it is. All right. What it is. It is canvassing from house to house to accomplish under God eight goals. 
Eight canvassing goals. Here's, here's our can, canvassing goals. Saturate with the seed. Make the church's influence felt. We want them to know Community Baptist Church is a church that cares about their community. That's why we're out. If you don't care about their soul, then why should you, you know, what's the, the reason for even going out? We want them to know we care about their soul. They may not understand that, but we do. We want to locate unchurched families. My guess is there is a lot of unchurched families within just a, a mile radius of this church that actually God may be working in their life to encourage them to come to this church simply because you took the time to invite them. This is all in God's hands. We may not have a single soul come and visit this church as a result. But you know what? We'll be obedient. And obedience always brings blessing. Always. Just as disobedience always brings judgment. Get brochures in every home. Pays to advertise. You know, we ought to go to church on Sunday, Johnny. Well, somebody dropped a brochure off there. They ran off. I don't know what in the world, but... I think they got a ministry out there for the deaf and dumb because they didn't say a whole lot. But anyway, we should go check that out. All right? It breaks the ice for the saints. You'd be surprised how doing this, and then a week later you're out at the gas station in, in, in downtown Hess, and there's one of the people you knocked on their door. Hey, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, good to see you. Hey, I appreciate that the other day you stopped by. Well, my family and I were really thinking about coming. We'd love to have you. Breaks the ice. Get witnessing opportunities. I'm telling you. You will be shocked. And a lot of times, somebody on that other side of that door, and I've had this happen numerous times, where they just all of a sudden start crying. And you're standing there, and you're really not expecting that. <laughs> I've never, I mean, every time it's happened, I'm still caught off guard. But I've had it happen numerous times where they'll just start crying. And they'll say, so I've had, you know, different things, but I remember one specifically said, you know, you, you are such a godsend. I just lost my spouse. Or I just had such and such situation happen. I just got news from the doctor. I'm telling you, it's happening every day. You got to do is look in the paper. And God places you there on that doorstep at that moment when they need someone the most. And you're able to step in their door and talk to them and pray with them. It's an amazing opportunity. You'll get soul-winning opportunities. That's another thing I, I, I never get. <laughs> there's no way to be ready for. But I've had it happen. You know, you almost, if you're not careful, you, you kind of get so used to the routine of, of what you're saying. And I had this happen one time before. I said, um, you know, I went through, talked to them, talked to them about Christ. They seemed very responsive and and I said, you know, is, is, that, is that something you, you feel like you'd like to do right now? Do you, do you feel like the Lord's dealing with your heart? Do you, you want to, you know, would you like to receive the Lord now? Yes, I would. Well, that's okay. We can uh, come back. Excuse me? <laughs> I had that happen one time. I really literally started down the pattern of, 
what they say when they say no? And she said, yes. It's the work of the Lord. But he wants to give us some opportunities. And some of you will have the privilege of being that last chain in the link that connects, that God uses to pull them to Christ. It's a great, great experience. Pleases the Heavenly Father by obeying Acts 1.8. His last command, our first concern. It was His last command. It should be our first concern. All right? Here's the uh, seven touches of the follow-up ministry. Not sneezy, dopey, but the seven touches to the follow-up ministry. First one's home visitation touch. Okay? That's going to be us door knocking. Then we've got a phase two that speaks of the uh, mailing touch. Uh, Then you've got step three, which is the prayer proc touch. Then you've got step four, which is the telephone touch. The five uh, is the alert touch. Six is sponsorship touch. And the seventh uh, step is the annual re-canvassing, continuous re-canvassing, and periodic youth blitz canvassing. By the way, Lord willing, y'all keep praying, MB is swamped, but let's pray that Mr. MB gets freed up from all these other jobs because Lord willing, come fall, we're hoping to have a new youth room. And with a new youth room needs to come new youth. And this is a great opportunity over the summer as we're canvassing and we're outreaching and we're seeing teenagers on the other side of those doors to share with them, oh, you're going to want to come and check out the new youth ministry kicking off in the fall. We're working on a new youth room. We'd love to have you and your kids visit. I'm telling you, youth are looking for a place to get together. And I'd rather them be getting together here than at some of the other places that youth want to get together at. So, this is something that we'll be doing. What does the home visitation touch look like? Again, Wednesday night, be here. We're going to go through, kind of practice with you so you're not going out on Saturday just cold calling. And this is only for those of you who want to be door knockers. If you don't want to be a door knocker, then this part's not for you. But just plan on, But that doesn't mean don't come Wednesday because you still want to hear about how it all works together. Um, mailing touch. Some of you will want to be on the mailing touch. Some of you have already told me, I want to be on the mailing team. And what that means basically is once we go out and we knock on the doors, give an example, knock on the door, hey, uh, my name is Jeremy, this is my wife Allison. Uh, We're from Community Baptist Church just out in the neighborhood today. I wanted to leave you with this brochure and love to invite you and your family to come to our services. Uh, Do you and your family currently have a church that you attend on a regular basis? They say no. It's a prospect. It's an opportunity. They say yes then we simply would encourage them to visit with us if there's ever a time that's not in conflict with their services. Leave them the information. Have a blessed day. Move on to the next. But if they say, no, we don't have a church, we'll say, well, we'd love to leave you this information, invite you to our services. And at that point, again, as the Lord leads, that door of opportunity, it may end right there. Well, thank you. Have a good day. And you go on. You may have the opportunity to say to the people, you know, we're, we're out in the neighborhood and, and, and wanted to leave you this information, but we also want you to know we're a church that, that cares. And we'd count it a privilege if we could add you and your family to our church prayer list. We're going to have a team of people praying every day by name for you and your family for the next year. 
We all need prayer. I'm telling you, they're 9.99% of the time, even if they're an atheist, they will accept your offer to pray for them and their family. And we get their information, and we take that prospect, and we bring it back, and we put it in the little bin, marked prospect. And so, guess what? They're going to get a letter down the line expressing, we're praying for you. Four to six weeks down the line, they get a letter still praying for you. The mailing touch. So you may be on the mailing touch team. Some of you need to be on the prayer prop team. And you will get the list every week that has the names of all the prospects and you will commit 30 minutes a day to pray by name those people that we've made contact with. Do you see how it takes the whole church? Some of you don't want to be on the front line knocking on doors. But by George, you can pray. And you can take a list of names and you can dedicate... X amount of time a day to pray for them. Prayer prop team. Here's how it works. Your monthly schedule's as follows. You see Joanne Leach. She's always sucking the life out of everybody. But anyway, she, uh, she's up here. and She's praying for group one. And you see how it works? Mary's pr- praying for group two. Debbie's praying for group three. See, each week we get, we get these names on a list. And at a month at a time, you'll get a list of people. So maybe you're group one, you're praying for group one the whole month of June. You're responsible for list number one, group number one for the whole month of June. So I pray for group number one the whole month of June. Guess what happens come July? Kleinard moves up, praying for group one. And and so on and so on. I think I messed these up. Sorry about that. But anyway, just ignore this. It's supposed to go this way. Here, 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 here. See how that worked? So let's just say June, July, August, September. Okay? So Joanne's praying for group one. The next month, she's praying for group two. The next month, she's praying for group three. And the next month, she's praying for group four. They will just pass on the group prayer list to the next person. And we're adding on. So what ends up happening is, you end up praying a whole year. And you only have the same group once a year. And again, I'll talk more about that on on, on Wednesday night. Telephone touch. Some of you are good on the telephone. You will once every ten weeks. Ten weeks. They got a letter. Four weeks, six weeks. Now ten weeks later, they get a phone call. Hey, this is so-and-so from Community Baptist Church. Just wanted to call, let you know we're still praying for you and your family. By the way, anything that's shared as an update, you're writing it on a card. So that information's coming in so that the pastor knows, so that the prayer people know. It's an encouragement to us to see God working. Alert touch. Some of you want to be on the alert touch. The newspaper. This is how it works. The alert ministry guidelines, you check each day in the newspaper for any eventualities that may occur in the following. Obituaries. Hey, I notice Frank's dead. Might want to mark Frank off the list, but we can pray for Frank's family. And guess what? We know now we've got to let the mailing ministry know so they can send a card. Not to Frank, but to the family. 
You got me. Hospital admissions. Notice one of the Mormons was injured in a biking accident. He's out at the hospital. Well, we can go visit. Births. Graduations. Marriages. Accidents in the newspaper. Golden and silver anniversaries. Promotions. Hey, Johnny got a promotion. Congratulations. We can send Johnny a card. Because how do we know Johnny? Johnny's on our contact list. He is on one of our prospects. You see how this works? And, and believe me, guys, you, again, you will be amazed at how there's a name. We met, had a good witness. We praying for. Now there's his name in the paper. We got another a- a opportunity. Sponsorship touch. Uh, sponsorship touch is discipleship. For those of you who, who enjoy discipleship, you feel like that's something the Lord wants you to do, well, guess what? Sometimes we have converts. Sometimes, as a result, these families come and visit. And sometimes, as a result, they do come forward. They do get saved. And we don't want to leave them undone. We want them to grow. And so those of you who want to be in the discipleship ministry need to let me know. And that way, when there is a new convert, I can partner them with whoever. And that gives you the opportunity to begin to mentor and invest in them and see them grow. Take them under your wing. How, I'm telling you, for a new believer to have that, it's wonderful. It's biblical. And then the re-canvassing touch, again, back-to-school blast, special events. We may go back into an area we've already hit. We may have a roster, um, a database, because uh, this stuff will be logged into the computer system, Lord willing, and we'll have all people that have teenagers. All the homes we've been to, we know that they have teenagers in that home. They go into a database under youth information. Guess what we do? We pull up the youth information when we're having a youth event and we know all the addresses so the mailing team can now mail a flyer to all those who have teens in their home to tell them about the upcoming youth blitz. The conclusion, well done, my good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Guys, this is all it's about. It's about us just being faithful. It's about us obeying what God's told us to do. To go. Yes, ma'am, I see that hand. Amen, that's right. The post office, right? You see that, Holton? Paid to open your mouth for once, didn't it? Amen. (laughs) He knew he had backup. But it does, and I appreciate you sharing that, Miss Liz, because, gang, you would, we would have never guessed that day, Holton just showing me around the big town of LaGrange, that we were going to meet this nice lady in the post office and end up having the fruit that we've had as a, as a result of their being here. We've got to share the good news. We've got to tell others. So here's a little poem, I think, that sums it up. It's called Bloody Hands. Bloody Hands. Bloody hands, O God, what a charge. Hands which were made to lift up the lost. Holy hands purchased by Jesus our Savior. Hands He redeemed at such an infinite cost. Bloody hands, O God, what a challenge. The message of life to hasten and tell. Christian, I pray thee, what are you doing? Doing to rescue lost sinners from hell. And there's also this one. It's called A Time to Reap. Now is the time to rise and reap. The fields are harvest white. 
This is the hour, I repeat, to spread the gospel light. Oh, let us not our duty shirk before the work is done. This is the hour to give and work until the war is won. The entire world is God's domain, yet the heathen wait. Let's quickly reap that golden grain before it is too late. We must not let the harvest field grow ripe, die, then rot. Oh, let us then, our sickle wield, we dare not pass them by. Our hearts must heed their strong appeals. Perhaps our worst defect is damning souls while we just sit. It's murder by neglect. It's time to call a halt, dear friend. It's time to wake from sleep. The sheaves must quickly be brought in. It's time for us to reap. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the challenge. Thank you for this reminder this morning that the time's now. Lord, the harvest is truly plentiful. It's the laborers that are few. And yet, Lord, this morning there sits in this church people who are now without excuse. We have once again been reminded of your word that we're to go. And so, Lord, I pray that not out of manipulation, not out of guilt, not out of duty, but, Lord, out of devotion, out of a heart that recognizes the truth of the Scripture and a heart that simply wants to be obedient, that we would do this, that we would rally our team together, that we would break from this holy huddle today, and that we would go forth and and win individual souls every day. Lord, lead us, equip us, guide us and guard us by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would be found faithful. Faithful workers in your vineyard. Lord, this is your church. These are your people. Lord, you do this. Do this in us and through us. I simply stand here today and say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Send me, Lord. And Lord, I pray that others will join me in that prayer to say, Lord, we're a willing vessel. Let us go. Let us do. That we might be found faithful in your eyes. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and give you the glory for what you're going to do, what you're doing already. For We ask it in that name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Don't forget, see you tonight. Uh, We'll be going over the care groups, and I'd love to have you back here for that. Thank you for your time this morning, and look forward to seeing most of you either this evening or, Lord willing, Wednesday night. Uh, At this time, I'm going to ask... Brother Randall Taylor, if he would dismiss us in prayer.